Everybody, you won't want to miss this. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 509. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best experience when you come to the Disney parks but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, our team of blog writers, my books, audio tours, special events, live video broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and be part of the community by going to www.radio.com slash box people. When visiting Walt Disney World, there's two things that there never seems to be enough of. Time, and money. And in the past, I've tried to help you save both, including with my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, and numerous ways to also make the most of your time in the parks. And this week, I want to continue to help you save time and get the most out of it when you're there by sharing our top 10 things you don't have to wait in a long line for in Walt Disney World. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'm going to pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have some more information, updates, including about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World, around food, of course, as well as your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When visiting Walt Disney World, we're always seeking out ways not just to maximize our time for maximum enjoyment, but also to achieve optimal efficiency in how we spend it so that we have an enhanced, entertaining, and oh-so-memorable experience. What does that mean in lay terms? We don't like waiting in line. Nobody does. In fact, I spoke on the 2018 Preview and Premonition show that I believe how, and meaning how we spend our time waiting, and how long we wait in lines is going to change in the Disney parks dramatically and soon. But for now, our time in the parks isn't just valuable but limited, so we want to get the most out of what we do and who we do it with and where we actually spend it. And now with FastPass Plus and crowd calendars and mobile apps and ordering and strategic planning and (coughs) podcasts, uh, we're all better at how we approach our time in the parks. But what if you didn't have to wait in line at all? Or if there were experiences that that didn't have or require long waits? Well, there are. 
In fact, I think we can come up with a list, say 10 things in Walt Disney World you don't have to wait in line for. And joining me is a man who I would wait at a maximum of two to three minutes in line to meet and greet and hug. He is, of course, little Timmy Foster, uh, owner, proprietor, editor, uh, all around nice guy over at CelebrationsPress.com. That's good. I was going to make you wait a couple of minutes to say something. <laughs> but the point is, Tim, we you don't like wait waiting. For me. I would Nobody wait for likes you. waiting. Nobody well, likes waiting. You know what's funny? That didn't we do a top ten uh, attraction queues? You wouldn't mind standing in for an hour. I believe we did <laughs> once. Well, see, and there it still all... are. I mean, look. You know, I think Flight of Passage. I think uh, Peter. I mean, there's a lot of queues um, <clears throat> that we don't mind standing in. But I, what I think is happening, Tim, is there's just so much more to do, and our time in the parks is so limited, especially if you are. That typical family that's coming for your one trip every three to five years with your two and a half kids and you only have seven days, you can't do it all, especially when lines are long. So I think that we need to help point out some of those things that you don't necessarily have to wait in line for or have long lines. And as always, we don't talk about this ahead of time. So I'm sure you'll have a number of go with me here's probably right off the bat. Probably. Well, it was funny because when we winged and, you know, we normally do the 20, 30, 40 hours of research before each show, but we didn't for this one. Speak for yourself. I, well, OK, <laughs> but uh, I did go as we always do. We'll wonder how did you approach this and how did I approach this? And we'll find out how differently we approached this and how everything I came up with had really nothing to do with your well-spoken, but regrettably have nothing to do with my list prologue. to this Probably. Show. And I will tell you right off the bat, you know, for me, my list was I'm, I'm thinking of economy of time. Right. So it's it's sort of the best bang for the buck of how you spend your time in terms of waiting or not waiting for an attraction. My list is not just. Here are the 10 attractions people are not necessarily interested in. These are the ones that I think have the shortest lines and return on your entertainment investment, as it were. Oh, see, now I picked these are the 10 things that nobody <laughs> likes. So you get on them real quick. So, well, then, then please. See, I, this is, this is you are my guest, as always. And uh, I, I do uh, like to just sit back. Relax and <laughs> see where you go. Yeah, just, I'm going to listen to you. Listen to you dig your own grave. So, by all means, please go well, first. I'm going to start because I took. I had two thoughts going into this. <clears throat> One was uh, which what attractions are out there that traditionally don't have long lines that you can get into. So I was listing a whole bunch of those, and there are a bunch. And I'm going to. I'm going to start with that because that was my first thought. But I was, I was thinking back, my, I got to you know, there's got to be another angle to this, not just the attraction that you don't have to wait for, but the things you can do at Disney that don't have a line, that don't mm -hmm. require you to wait, that kind of thing. So I was trying to think of some of those. Hopefully, I came up with some later. I'm sure that's how you approached your entire list, which is going to put me to shame. But, um, but thinking in terms – since my first thought went to the attractions that don't traditionally have lines, I'm going to start with one of them. 
at random. Um, and then the caveat for all of this <laughs> section of selections is this doesn't count on uh, Christmas Day or when or uh, Thanksgiving when you go because this line I'm telling you isn't a line right. is going to be 45 minutes long. So right, the, the, right. So to qualify our entire list, we are not talking about Christmas Day. Thanksgiving, the week between Christmas right. and New Year's, most of the summer, spring break. I, I mean, it, this will not apply a lot of times during the year, but but go with us here in general. Go with me. Well, one I thought of, and, and kind of because uh, coincidentally, in the next issue of Celebrations, we're talking about this, since you plugged that whole podcast thing not too long ago, or maybe you did. Um, <laughs> uh, living with the land is what I'm going to start with. And the reason I'm starting with that is – because it's to me it's this attraction is unique in this sense this used to be an attraction by the way i love this attraction and we think we've talked about this several times for a lot of reasons i love a lot of things about it and it's worth going this isn't an attraction that nobody goes on because it's terrible and it's not worth going this is definitely worth going on but back in the day before soren came to epcot this was a long line attraction. This was an attraction that I always saw had a 45-minute line, an hour-long line. This was one you definitely had to fast pass if you wanted to, to do it. And this was even before Test Track and Mission Space came on. And probably more or less because it was there were not so many attractions in Epcot as it was anyway. But... When Soren came, uh, dramatically, it took all the crowd away from living with the land. And most of the time now, when I go uh, to the land pavilion, there you can walk on living with the land pretty much. Um, and I think what happens is a lot of people. Obviously, you're going to Soren, you're going to Mission Space. Some of us are. I'm still too scared. <laughs> you're going to Test Track or Frozen Ever After, and living with the land like, has fallen into the sees and imagination those kind of attractions which you can mostly walk on now that being said last time i was there there was a 20 minute wait so like i said this doesn't happen every day but most times it's uh at most it's 10 minutes a lot of times you're just walking on and it's well worth walking on because i think it's a wonderfully it's it's a long attraction there's a lot to see there's so many things we love about it that we've talked about we might have done a show on it or something. I don't even remember. I know you've probably done a show on it in the past. But um, I wanted to point it out for that reason because this this was the one attraction I knew had a super long line a long time ago and doesn't now. But that doesn't mean you still don't want to go on it. And I, I, I feel like people go into the land pavilion heading to Soren, see living with the land over there, no wait. That's eh, probably nothing. I'm not going to bother doing that bother with it go check it out it's great if you don't know about it um you're gonna find uh what what uh i was gonna say regrettably it's not quite the right word but it's kind of a hidden treasure of epcot to newbies that go there might not realize what it's all about because they're drawn to the headliner attractions and might skip that one over skip it over. so tim just make believe you're a tiny little seed a tiny little seed that's reaching up to meet your need. With the right amount of faith and the right amount of earth, you'll grow to see the sunshine on your day of birth. 
Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine above. I'm almost about to break into the song because not only <laughs> was living with the land on my list, although I still can't really? listen to the, it. Yes. Wow. I have always loved listen to the land and it always be listen to the land right, for right. me. Um, if there's a line, you know, Epcot's crowded, right? Because this is one. And I say that half jokingly because not only um, is it obviously probably not one that people are rope dropping first uh, to, to make the, the mad dash for, but because the line typically moves pretty fast. Um, and oftentimes there is not much of a line. I think maybe 20 minutes is probably the max um, that you'll see. And I think this is really uh, an interesting attraction because I, as a kid and as an adult, I still love this. I think this is such an embodiment of early Epcot Center. It is edutainment at its best, although I do miss having the um, live cast member narration. Mm. But I always thought it was fascinating going through the working greenhouses and learning all about the different types of current and future agricultural systems and sort of how that is um, evolving. I thought it was a sort of a a wonderful half almost-ish 14, 15 minute ish um, boat ride. So it was not, you know, going from thrill ride to thrill ride to thrill ride. Um, this is always one that I really, really enjoyed. Um, and and I think still, well, I think it may potentially get updated in the next few years along with an, an over, overarching overhaul of Epcot. I hope it remains that quaint, quintessential. Uh, throwback to Epcot Center that it remains. My only request is that they bring back that often awesome Bob Moline song from 1982 so we can all listen to the land <laughs> one more time. I like it. <laughs> I didn't. I thought you were reading something off of the wall. <laughs> In the queue. But, but, um. No, no. And I mean, again, I, I don't think this is one that is necessarily at the top of everybody's list, but it is. that's why it is a perfect entry to be top 10 things that you don't have to wait in a line or slash long line for because there usually isn't one. Plus two, if you want to get out of the heat, if you have tired kids, if you are, you know, your kids want to take a nap, I'm not saying you should, but if you need... It's a great escape from uh, sometimes the, the Florida heat and crowds. Well, the thing the thing about it, too, that we could throw in there is with if you're at Epcot and again, if you're the family that's only there for five days and you're never coming back. And so you don't have the luxury of stopping and smelling the roses and all the stuff we talk about. Um, the the cool the neat thing about living with the land too is that you've if you've predictively gotten your fast pass for Soren and that's why you're at Epcot. Um it's it's a good when you're in the pavilion, you know, go when you still have another 45 an hour to go. Have some go to Sunshine Seasons, have a little lunch, and you got there's an attraction you can go on while you're waiting. So um, that's kind of doubly cool there because it's next to the big popular one, but no one's there. So while you're waiting for your fast pass, you can go watch go uh, look for nine pound lemons and Mickey shaped pumpkins and have a good time. So. All right, so Tim Foster, I am going to, um, when I came up with this idea, uh, and it's actually one that's been sort of submitted many, many times uh, in the past by listeners, and I, of course, always welcome your suggestions. 
but there was something that came top of mind right off the bat. I put it down, and, and that was going to be the first thing. I'm sure it is on your list, so I will save it for our discussion because I think it's um, incredibly obvious. But I'm going to almost pull a – I'm going to do a little fosterism here and ask oh. you to go with me when I say okay. this. And I say this for multiple reasons. One of my top 10 things you don't have to wait in a long line for, wait for it, kids, mm-hmm. is the boathouse. Shocker that I went right to food. Shocker. With my you first, went right to right food. To food you, with my I, first entry. So you're laughing and you think I'm being funny, but I'm not. No. Obviously, it's my favorite restaurant in the Disney and like planet Earth world. Uh, I love the food. I love that it's family friendly, but can still be upscale. I love the fact that it's waterfront dining and I could go through the menu. I would just tell you to go back to show 448. Do not listen hungry. And I will convince you why I love the boathouse. Oh, so very much. But the reason why it's on my list of places you don't have to wait in a long line for is not because it's such a, a, a huge um, a restaurant location with so many seats and it is and there's lots of different areas but you don't have to have a reservation or wait in a long line to still take advantage of the full menu and dare I say sometimes it's even better not to because you can go outside to the dockside bar or better yet go to um, some of the and they're relatively new within the last few months uh, down by where the um, uh, the the boats are, the the antique boats, there are a number of both um, high and low tables and chairs, like super comfy, like wickery with um, with with um, um, cushions and stuff on, where you can sit. You can probably seat six, eight, ten people there, and you have access to the full boathouse menu. If I didn't want to break it, I would drop the mic because it is something that <laughs> we have to finish recording. But you don't need to wait online. You don't need to reserve a table. So if you're wandering around Disney Springs, you get hungry, you want a snack, you want a cocktail, you want a full meal, you can walk up to the boathouse, tell them Lou sent you or not, and go eat out at the dockside bar or some of the oftentimes there's no waiting for a lot of those outside tables. Here's the here's the pro tip. Go around dusk and sunset. You get beautiful views of the sun setting. You get the characters in flight balloon. You're on the water. You get that cool breeze or Saratoga Springs across the way. So my boathouse is it's honestly <coughs> excuse me. It, it's it's a sincere recommendation uh, as well as being, you know, somewhat joking because I love that place oh so very much. But to that point there are other restaurants that you can go to that are not uh, counter service or they're not, you know, quick grab and go stuff that oftentimes will have no weight or you can still do a relatively quick walk up. Um, one of them is, I, I still call it Captain's Grill. It's now the Ale and Compass at uh, Disney's Yacht Club Resort. <coughs> Excuse me, although I think that might change with the new theme and the new menu. Over at Coronado Springs, you can almost always walk up to Maya Grill or, super pro tip, Las Ventanas. Um, Over at Rick's, you can go there. 
restaurant in Marrakesh is a super hidden gem. I think the fact that it's in Morocco and maybe the the um, the culture or the cuisine, like you're not familiar with, you're afraid that the food there is wonderful. You get dinner and or lunch and a show, and it's really really nice inside and it's air conditioned. And Spice Road Table mm-hmm. also in Morocco. Most of the time, you can walk up. They have a great tapas style menu. That's the way I like to play, man. I, me, and some friends grab a bunch of different appetizers, and then I grab my own bunch of different appetizers, and we still share in between beautiful views of the water. But um, Boathouse is an attraction, and you can almost always walk up with no weight. Boom. Uh, can we just stop with two? Because that was pretty good. <laughs> now I do. I will. And I've never taken you to the boathouse, have I? No, I, no, I was very quick. I was chomping at the bit to get in there that while you have taken me to get a cupcake at Sprinkles, you still haven't taken me to the boathouse. I you promise you. Promise. And everybody promise. knows that you promised. We will just – yes. They we'll, tell me they – if they people tell me they're going to defend me. We will. I will take you to the boathouse. And I'm going to order for you. I'm going to show you how to do boathouse right. Fine. Well, it, it's funny you said that because I had a sort of restaurant, but I was going to honorable mention it. But I'll just piggyback on what you were saying. But um, since you threw in three or four there in one shot, all food related, which is a record feat. Because dining is an attraction to me. It, so. it, it certainly is an attraction. Attractions uh, are just things that you do in between eating. But go ahead. <laughs> right. The couple that uh, – well, I had one, and another one came to mind while you were talking. Um, I have found, and I could be just be lucky and getting there at the right time. Uh, in World Showcase, you were there. I also find the Nine Dragons restaurant mm-hmm. is frequently you can just kind of wander in if if uh, you've done it. There's been a few times I've been there, um, like with my parents, and we're walking around, and we didn't make an advanced reservation anywhere, and we're you know want some to eat, and uh, and everything is booked now this was before all the new restaurants came like the one, the ones you mentioned so this might not be as big of an issue these days but most of the popular ones they're all booked solid except for nine dragons mm-hmm. and uh, um i don't know why that is because it's the food's wonderful there we've actually dined there a couple times if you remember i do and um so that's one i'll throw out there that uh you again unless i was incredibly lucky both the several times I walked in, it's usually nothing on the order of, you know, trying to go to, oh, you know, Rose and Crown or and name any other of the big restaurants where you, you definitely need an advanced dining reservation for. The other one I found was also, it's also in the Yacht Club, oddly enough. And I have taken you there, Lou. I've held up my end of the bargain with this. Um, but we found this out if you're in that area and, again, you want lunch, but you didn't make a reservation anywhere and you don't want to wait. 45 minutes to get into beaches and cream. Uh, we found the the Cruise Cup Lounge, mm-hmm. which is the lounge next to uh, the Otsman Steakhouse. Uh, that's sort of a hidden gem, too, like like what you were talking about also in the Yacht Club. Um, likewise, there, you can usually walk in. No one's really there. The food's – it's a lot smaller menu, but it's fabulous. I, I, the, I had a burger there last time. Which I may dare say we will have a fight about this, I'm sure, but it's it's 
vying up there with best burger on property. It was pretty darn good. Which is going to be a top 10 segment at some point. Uh, yes, yes. We, I think we need some help on that one. We're going to have to sort oh, of recruit oh, some a lot people. Of research. Yeah, it's some recruit some people from the nation and, uh, but, uh, and try to get them in. But go ahead. So what's, what is next so on anyway, your list? Those two, those two cropped up to me as ones I that come to mind if we ever need to go somewhere to eat, but we didn't plan ahead. Right. And we don't want counter service when I sit down. There's usually two good spots you can usually walk into, no problem, and have a good time. So, and I'm sure there's a lot more, but those are our favorites. So, so is that next that. on your list, or is that just you no, piggybacking? I was just, I was okay. just piggybacking for years. So uh, let's see. Um, so I guess when we get to honorable mentions, I might rattle down the other attractions that uh, kind of along same line idea with living with the land. They're great attractions, but these don't have really long lines. So we'll hold off. But these are two uh, these are two attractions I'm putting in one that they are indeed attractions. They are on the attractions list. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, but you don't have to wait for them. And this, uh, you're going to the Animal Kingdom, home of the, and I was there, and I saw it, the six-hour line to get on to Passage of Flight, which uh, I still haven't ridden yet. But, um, nice. yeah, well, I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm not. I don't live right there. I can't go over every day and check like you. I got to take it when I get it. But, um, but there are two attractions at the Animal Kingdom that you don't have to wait for, and that's the Pangani Forest Exploration Trail and the Maharaja Jungle Trek, which are both phenomenal things, wonderful things to do and a great way to pass the time. Their, their walkthrough, as you all know, their walkthrough attractions, quote-unquote, uh, but by nature of what they are, there's no line to wait to get in there. Just wander in. Take your time. Um Check out the gorillas and the hippos at the Pangani or the tigers and the Komodo dragons and the bats, a favorite of my daughter's at the Maharaja Jungle Trek. And is it the great part about both of them, um, per the list, there's no wait. But they're also – you can take your time. You can walk through it in, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes if you went straight through. Or take your time. There's lots of places to sit, relax. Watch the animals for a while. Have a nice chat. You can spend a lot of time in there and uh, relax and enjoy the shade, which is uh, quite a nice break at the Animal Kingdom, which I, I confirmed from a cast member. It, it literally is hotter than every other park by 10 degrees. It's a scientific fact now. It's on paper. Um, but uh, I, those came to mind as attractions that you don't have to wait for because there literally is no line to wait in. But they're well worth going to, especially if you're at the Animal Kingdom and you're there because you love animals. That's the best place to go see animals. So, I had this on my list, and I agree 10,000%. I had specifically Maharaja Jungle Trek because I think it flies so far under the radar yeah. in terms of – and I don't know whether just on paper it doesn't seem to be an attractor. People don't know what it is. I think this is a lovely attraction. And, and I don't say that because I'm local and I can go all the Like, even when I lived in New Jersey, I loved doing, and I still love doing Maharaja Jungle. I'm going to want, you know what? I have to, I'm going to do a, um, a show or a video specifically about this because I think this is one of these, uh, one of the attractions that has such a wonderful 
backstory and detail in the attraction itself. Like there's a very, very um, definitive themed storyline that sort of uh, goes back to, you know, the Maharaja that that made this uh, sort of a hunting ground and how it came to be. There's wonderful detail on there. You can take maybe 20, 25 minutes, however long. There's wonderful photo opportunities. You're going to see animals there that you are not going to see anywhere else unless they have Komodo dragons and tappers and flying foxes and water buffaloes where you live. Um, But I think it's... uh, and. I also like doing this early in the day or later in the day when the sun is not beating down, although it is covered in um, some areas. But I I agree 100 percent. And I think this if you've never done this before or haven't done it in a long time, I would absolutely go back and do it again. And um, I think because being the animal kingdom is more popular now, deservedly so. And. People are not. I know you've been championing it. It's this park's cause for years. It's not a half-day park. Um, and generally, because of Pandora, it's much more of a destination for people. But I think, uh, kind of going back to living with the land, it's the same kind of thing. Well, if, um, you got your requisite fast passes for flight passage if you were lucky enough for Navi or or what have you. Um, but you have time to kill these. These are great. And I'm not saying because these are just to occupy yourself while you're waiting because they're wonderful to see in your own right, as you said. But um, like Kilimanjaro safaris, if you still got a while to go or when you're done and you still have a while to go to your expedition, Everest Fast Pass comes up, you know, go on the Pangani Exploration Trail and take your time and walk around. You know, like you don't just have to sit and wait. These are things you can actually do. Um, which are well worth doing in their own right. but Right, and I want to be clear. Like, I don't think, and, and I think for all the things on my list, these are not, you know, what to do while you're waiting for something else or what to do yeah. if you're, like, I think that you should do Maharaja Jungle Trek. Uh, first of all, like, if you are a, uh, a photographer or want to play one on TV, like, there's such <laughs> wonderful uh, opportunities here with the, the, the footbridges and the waterfalls and that the... The palace that is in there, the sort of crumbling ruins of the palace that is built in there really affords some wonderful um, uh, photographic opportunities. And then going into the aviary, you know, those birds you're not sort of looking at from a distance. They are sort of all around you, not like in an Alfred Hitchcock birds kind of way, but they are all around (laughs) you. Um, And it's something, you know, still to this day, I, I love doing so. And my kids do as well. Well, I think to your point, and I, th- I think we both come down more on the Maharaja side than the other. Not that there's anything wrong with the the Pangani Trail, but um, you kind of touched on it. It's not. Uh, it might be to your point. Most people see it, and if they don't really understand what it's about or having done it before, you might think it's, hey, this place is not a zoo. We know that, but they think this is a zoo, and this is. I'll just walk down. There's a pen with this animal. There's a pen with that animal, and that's it. But there's so much more, as you said. There's so much more to the Maharaja Jungle Trek than just the animals, which are magnificent in themselves. But the the theming of it, the uh, the ruins, the fountain. There's a beautiful fountain in there that I just love sitting by. Um, there's so much to see besides the animals. That that it's such a richer experience than just going, you know, pen to pen and looking at an animal if that's what you think the maharaja jungle trek is and maybe to your point that's why maybe some people don't go because that's all they think it is 
And I think much, much and, more than that. And I think this, you know, look, we, we talk <clears> about how there's no attraction that, you know, sometimes putting this, piecing the story together is more difficult. I think there is uh, a, a, almost a game you can play to try and put that story together because when you look at the, 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 the painted walls and you look at some of the relief uh, sculptures on, um, like in the temple ruins, you can mm-hmm. start to put together that story and then all of a sudden it could be that, like, I get it. I understand what had happened and what the point of this all is, what these different rooms are. And obviously the cast members that are there will help you as well. So I think there's a little adventure you could sort of bring yourself on with the Jungle Trek as well. And I think just one final point, like the, we talk about the cast members so much and you brought them up. The cast members in both of these attractions are especially great. The ones that are um, standing by, what was the one we were at? Um, probably Pit the Pangani when we were looking at the gorillas. Um, like there's a cast member there. And if you engage with them and talk to them, mm-hmm. they know so much. And they can tell you so many fascinating things about what you're seeing, like what the animals are and what they what they do and how they're cared for. Like, um, that's a lot of the fun of going on these treks for me is is talking to the cast members along the way and say, well, tell me a little more about these. And they, they'll tell you all kinds of fascinating things you didn't know, which is great. And um, just another point of how great the cast members are everywhere. But 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 not not even I don't want to say especially here because they're great everywhere, but um, they're just as much a part of why these two attractions are as great as we think they are because they add a lot to it as well. If you look talk at all to the them. love Maharaja Jungle Trek is getting tonight, loving I Maharaja, dig that, man. Maybe we should, I should do a yeah. I love it. I want to go. I want to go. Let's go. All right, we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll we're gonna. Do, I promise. Yeti when we're done, me and, and you selfie at Maharaja Jungle Trek. All right, okay. so go to. Is it's, it you or is it me? Was that your you turn? My, I think my it's, turn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I keep sort of Where looking back go? to the first thing that went on on my list, and maybe I, I'm going to save it because it is so obvious. Although it is my favorite attraction in Walt Disney World, and normally has the the shortest lines. Um, you got me wondering now. Well, so you know what? I look. I know what's on your list. It is arguably my favorite attraction in the parks. Um, certainly is up there amongst the top two or three in Magic Kingdom. I think mm. it is quintessential Disney. It's wonderful. It's relaxing. I love the views. There's often no wait. Again, if there's wait, if there's a wait, man, the Magic Kingdom must be crowded um, because of the the ride system. I think it speaks to vintage Disney. I think it speaks to Walt and forward-thinking technology and and what the future might hold. Clearly, I am talking about the Plaza Inn. No, I am talking about the... (laughs) Another place you haven't taken. Right. I think I actually have. No. Uh, It shall always remain in my little heart of hearts, the Wedway People Mover, you might know it as the Tomorrowland Transit Authority slash trans- Tomorrowland Transit Authority people mover. Um, listen, man, I have loved this attraction since day one. It, I, as a local, when I go to Magic Kingdom, often to you know meet friends or do it, I don't necessarily ride a lot. This is a must do for me. Like TTA is always a must do. There's something that about this that puts a smile on my face. I don't know if it's the narration. I don't know if it's 
this romanticized um, uh, love that I have for, you know, riding this for so many years. Uh, I don't know if it's that I miss Jack Wagner and ORAC 1. Those are the old announcers, Pete Trenaday. Anyway, but um, <laughs> still to this day, this is, is one of my favorites. I love the unique views that it gives me, not just of the park, but of the guests and, and sometimes people watching. You know, I could put people watching on my list as one of my favorite attractions that doesn't require a line. I don't mean like in a Tim Foster creepy stalkery kind of way, but just hey. watching the guests as they uh, enjoy it's themselves listening. in the park. Jeez. Are you done? Yes. Oh, great. One, Lou, drop the mic. I'm dropping the mic. I'm leaving. That was it. All right. Here's a trivia question for you. I will buy you dinner. Come on. I will buy you dinner at the boathouse. No Googling. No asking Jeeves. Wait. Wait. No, no, no. Hold hold. First of all, you're buying me dinner at the boathouse. I know. I was going to buy you dinner anyway. It doesn't depend on this. Maybe dessert ride. Excuse me. So this attraction opened in 1975. It was not an opening day attraction because there was not many opening day attractions in Tomorrowland. Who was the original sponsor? Five, four. General Motors. Three. Goodyear. Two, one. No. Uh, If you said none of the above, that would have actually gotten you closer. It was the Edison Electric Institute. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. I'm Googling. For like 10 years. Do the Google. Doing it. I'm doing it right now. Do the Google. Wax poetically. No. First. Jack Wagner. Of. Goodyear was a sponsor in Disneyland, but didn't sponsor the one initially in Disney World. Are you really wasting time? I really. No, you're (laughs) supposed to be talking right now. So Jack Wagner was the original narrator. And then in 85, they wanted to make it a little more futuristic. So the, the ORAC 1, the commuter computer, was the narrator. I think he lit li- probably a little bit less than 10 years. Right, because they did the new Tomorrowland refurb in mid-94. So that is when he went away and the narration changed to... Hmm. Mm-hmm. It might was it. It might have been Pete Renaday at that point. It I'm not. Might. I'm not great with my with my dates. No, I think you're, you're. I'm. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on the in. The, are you the on Google. the wiki? You're, you're on Wikipedia, aren't you? You're going to verify no, my. I don't go there. There's gonna, lots. Oh, that's Louise. lies. You're going to verify lies. my. But, you know. Uh, darn if you're not uh, right. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well done, trivia thank book you, author. Thank you for. It's thank not you fair. for questioning. But go ahead. Fair. So I, right, my love of TTA knows no bounds. No, I I thousand million times agree with you. That's that and. and and the same goes for me as far as as many times as I've been there, not as many as you, but as many times as I've been there, this is a must-do every time we go. And it's not because we can walk on it. Um, it's everything you said. It's, it's, uh, it's the best 10, however long it lasts, it's the best 10 minutes or 12. Wait, I can look. At, I'm on Wikipedia right now. It's the best. It's the best 10 minutes and three seconds you could spend <laughs> in Tomorrowland. Um, but for, for every reason you said, there's the whole uh, – the views are incredible, especially at Christmas. And I always uh, uh, forget to say that if I'm with someone and I point this out, the views you get of the castle 
at Christmas on the TTA are unbelievable. And what's even better is you're probably not expecting to see it because you think you're tucked away back in Tomorrowland so far. You're not going to see it. But there's one corner you turn around. It's right in front of you. It's spectacular. Um, but yeah, you know, there's so many views of anything. It's relaxing. It's this uh, when you said romanticized view of, I thought you were going to finish the sentence with vision of how the future could be and the whole idea of progress and all of that, which is um, one of the things I really like about it. Like for just that brief second, you're you're living in the hoverburbs. You're taking that blue line into town to the galactic metro center. The progress city model, the, like that's worth the price of admission oh, alone. Right, right. Speak, talk to me. That's true. Preach, so, uh, preach, brother. That's what I was saying. <laughs> is there not something also comforting about the narration, which has changed obviously over the years, but yeah, that well, welcome aboard, TTA travelers, whether you're a humanoid, robot, or alien, like there's something that I just still love that. No, it is, uh, but uh, you kind of touched on it, though. I think for a lot of people who have who have written it um, so many times, um, I don't think we'll ever lose our love for it, but as with many other tracks that have changed, you love that one you experienced when you first wrote it. And you wrote it long before I did. My history of Disney kind of starts in the 90s for the most part. So th those are the versions I know when um, the narration had the party from Saturn and mm -hmm. uh, Galaxy M31. And it was it was the fictitious uh, tour of Tomorrowland as opposed to today's, which is more, here's what's really in Tomorrowland. But as people are quick to point out to me, that was more of like what the original was before the one I knew. But, um, you know, you're, you're used to the one you grew up with. I'm used to the one I grew up with. Um, someone today, this will be the one they love and will grow up with. But, but no matter which one you're listening to, it's still a super relaxing glimpse into the future, retro past it's it's just so cool but uh, as we go ahead what, what? no i was gonna say in, in the uh qualifier this doesn't happen every day oddly enough there's been a couple times lately i've been there yeah there's been a line a long line. yeah yeah yeah. and i don't know why for one one because it, it just uh was busy um the the one thing i know you'll run into once in a great while if it happens to break down and it does once in a while but then, you know, the line will back up for a while and it's snaking out. But usually when you get over there and you see a long line, you have that quick, oh, no. But then you realize, oh, no, that's the Astro Orbiter line. <laughs> My line is non-existent and it's right here. But there was one night I was there and uh, there was <laughs> the line snaked out so long there was the poor cast member whose job was to hold <laughs> right. the line. This is the end of the line. So uh, – <laughs> It does, once in a great while does happen, but yeah, most of the time you can walk on. And we've even—I don't know if you could get away with this anymore, but we even used to do the uh, go around once. Yep. Get to the end, do the little circle with your finger, and the, you know, can we go around again? Yeah, sure, stay on. Um, so uh, that was how less traveled it was, as, as it were. And pro and again, tip, pro tip, yeah. ride pro it tip. at the very end of the night, like. Park's closed. Moose out front should have told you. Wait till the park is closing. Ride it the last time, and you may just see Space Mountain with the lights on. At your own peril. <laughs> right. 
I no, mean, when I, they tell you to leave the park, leave the park. But you know what I mean. No, 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 no. It's funny you say because I, I've witnessed this phenomenon. This is like one of these. Um, it's like the green flash at sunset. It's one of those mystical things you hear about at Disney, but not everyone has seen it. Can you really see it? I don't believe you. Yes, you can actually see it. And of course, nowadays you can Google it and find it in two seconds. But um, I did see Space Mountain a couple times with the lights on. And I, I do say it's at your own peril because to me, I thought it was cool. No, I mean, I thought it was neat seeing it. And it's, you know, it's big and gray. And oh, it's kind of cool. I've known people that have seen it. And it, man, that just ruined the whole thing. I, I, I now, well, I think now it makes I it scarier for people. Once you see it, like, whoa, that's scary. Behind the curtain. Uh, you know, I see everybody's hats and glasses down on the floor. So be careful what you wish for because it might. Awesome. All right, but it's pretty neat. But Tim was, Foster, gonna... trivia time. It's yeah, trivia no. time with Tim Foster. You get this answer right right. without the Google. Media page, so hit Come me. on, no, no, no. Close, close your your yeah. Internet Explorer or yeah, whatever you're still closed. using. It's closed. Okay, so I love the the dulcet tones of the narrator. <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. of um, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority Wedway People Mover, who I think is still I think it's still B J Ward who does it. In, in addition in, in, to the narrator, to the male narrator, there, well, how many, okay, I, I'll even tell you, you hear from no, five other people on the, over the, the, you know, over the speakers during you, maybe, you know what, forget it. I'm going to make it this a trivia question of the week this week. Wait, 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 come on. I'll tell you offline, but I'm going to make the trivia yeah, question this week. Question? Tell me. Who the five other voices are that you hear on the current Tomorrowland mm. Transit Authority Authority People Mover narration? Boom. Now you're not going to let me do this. I, I'll tell you offline because you uh, you wouldn't have gotten anything. You don't have to tell me because I know, but nobody will know that I know because you're not going to let. You're afraid of me. My. <laughs> I think this is a fun question. I think it's a fun question. So, and now everybody's going to go. Wait, I remember this one. And what? Okay. So there you go. All right, so, well, all right, here's my trivia question: What are the exact geographic coordinates of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority? Would you people? get off the Wikipedia? <laughs> all right, that's fine. Wait, is it my turn? That was it your is your turn. turn. I love that one, by the way. Um. Oh gosh. This is a top ten. This was not a top three. Come on, you yeah. got to have more on your list. <clears throat> no, I have more. Do I pick another yet attraction? All right, let me do this one because this was kind of a uh, not 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 one of these. It's an attraction, but there's usually no line for it, so go for it. Um, fireworks, mm-hmm. plain and simple. Um, it came to mind mostly talking in terms of holiday after I still want to or happily ever after still want to call it wishes um, or illuminations. My favorite. Um, and I bring this up because we've uh, we've talked about this many times before, I'm sure. But there are different strategies to how you approach the viewing of the fireworks, which have been added to now that you can get fast pass for mm-hmm. uh, access to viewing areas for these things. Um, and the traditional, and I don't know how many people still do this. I guess they do because I see them lining <clears throat> up, but. Uh, the way you were told what you were supposed to do was pick out your spot because there were good spots 
and there's not so good spots. You want a good spot. And I'll stick to illuminations for this conversation. Like, uh, for instance, the bridge between France and the UK. That, that's a primo spot. Illuminations is 9 o'clock. You better get there at 8. And you better sit down, bring a bottle of water, You know, make sure you got somebody. Go get your funnel cake if you need one. Stake out your spot. And the same with wishes. And by the same token, the same with parades and, and whatnot, too. But... The alternate strategy, which I've taken to lately, is don't bother doing that at all. Like, uh, particularly for illuminations, um, you know, wander out, enjoy everything. Get a, get a slushy from China, go watch the France movie, enjoy Epcot. And when the fire, when illumination starts at nine o'clock, just kind of plop yourself down wherever you are and enjoy yourself. And I've talked many times, my favorite spot, I think yours. Two or one of your favorites is in the Japan Pavilion, which um, I like because you can be way back in the pavilion where nobody is and have a wonderful view of the fireworks. And I found that the only really plus you get from being up at the fence uh, for illuminations is you you do get a better view of the water fountain, the water displays, and the um, and to a degree the globe and whatnot. But since most of the well, most all of the fireworks action is up in the air. That you can see from anywhere, unless you happen to be under a tree. But the good, the other beauty part, if you don't stake out your spot an hour ahead of time and feel committed to it, is that if for some reason you want to keep wandering around, you're fine because you don't have to. I waited an hour to stand here, and I'm by gosh, I'm going to stand here, which. Um, Illuminations is uh, a nice thing to have in case you find the wind happens to be blowing in your face. And uh, if you don't move, you're not going to be able to see very much at all because there's going to be smoke all over you, um, which which has happened to me. And I'll, I'll find it like I'll be in Japan, see how the wind's blowing. And if I see all it's blowing in my direction, well, I'll take the time. I'll wander around some more and get to a spot that's clear and uh, get a good view. But the point being, you don't have to. A lot of people do stake out their spots long ahead of time and, and wait, but you don't have to. Um, you stand If you're okay standing back, not in the first row, so to speak, this is something you don't have to wait in line for, quote-unquote. Um, you can just enjoy it as it happens when you see them. I agree with you 100%, uh, although I think a lot of us, sometimes we do have um, spots that we like to go. I will add another tip on top of that you don't have to necessarily wait in line for it you you'll have to pay a premium for it but if you love fireworks and are looking for a unique and and private-ish way to see them i would recommend if you've never done one before to do a fireworks cruise oh yeah yeah so you can do it um you can do it for happily ever after uh, i i love the epcot fireworks cruises oh um Oh, how I miss. Oh, God, what was her name? I, oh, how I miss Breathless. Um, but if you've yeah. never done one of the and I think, Tim, I think we've done it before. One of the the pontoon boat cruises, you get a really wonderful, unique and and private view of the. Uh, once again, you never took me. Oh, well, add it to the list. Add it to the list. So long list. I, I'm, and I'm not talking grand one. I'm talking we'll do, you know, like Pirates and Pals or something or Illuminate. Maybe, you know, what we'll do Tim Foster. Maybe well, next well, time you come down, we'll yes. book an Illuminations cruise, and because they right. because the pontoon boats 
fit 10 people, maybe we'll <laughs> randomly select or have a contest or have nation members join us on a, on a little cruise together. Ooh. Right? What if we throw in that we'll sing too? You get, or you get a copy of Celebrations magazine. One of the two. Because my, all right, I'll give you the magazine. All right, no, because I, I, one time I did Illuminations Cruise. The boat driver sang Hakuna Matata. It was great. The, he so. can sing. She can sing. I, you do not want to. There's a lot of things you want to. You got a show and a. You don't want to hear me sing. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> people, I've I've heard him sing, and he he do not lie. He so. It's your turn. All right, and, and I'm looking at my list. This is great because this is going to be – there's a side list going of places Lou hasn't taken me. So I'm, I'm Which is basically ready. everything we talk about. Yeah, um, I'm ready to see where I haven't gone this time. There are things that I originally had higher on my list that I'm moving around. I'm going to – for the sake of brevity because we are going relatively long, shocker, I'm going to combine a couple into a, a single one if that's okay with you. Because one of my favorite aspects of not just Disney World, but one of the things that I love is I love being on or near or by or above or sometimes even under, in short, the water. I love the water. I love Walt Disney World's utilization of the water. And oftentimes, if you enjoy a nice, quiet, relaxing boat ride, you can often do that with little or no weight. So my sort of mini trifecta of boat rides with no weight include the Epcot Friendship Boats. And you're saying, Mangello, that's a conveyance. That's a transportation system. I don't necessarily think so. I prefer to walk the promenade, but every now and then, just to be on the water, again, especially at dusk, if you want to take some great photographs, um, the Friendship Boats are beyond just... Um, a conveyance back and forth from the four docks that are the World Showcase Lagoon. With that, I would also include the Magic Kingdom ferry boat. Um, there's a lot of times we have a choice of how we want to get from point A to point B. I love the monorail, which again, often doesn't have a line. But I love the the breeze and the views. And again, depending on your time of day, I think you get some wonderful, unique views of not just Magic Kingdom, but the Magic Kingdom resorts. And finally, and, and in no particular order, I still love and I still enjoy every part of the experience that is the Liberty Square Riverboat. I was going to do my best mm-hmm. Mark Twain, like, you know, signal calling, but I won't. Um, what? Come on, why? I know. Mark why do you Twain. tease like that? I, so I just did it. Go ahead. Go ahead. So you just did. Do it again. Do it, again. No, it's, it has to sort of, it has to happen. It's, <laughs> it's a wonderful, relaxing, I think it's about 17 minutes or so. I love the little vignettes and scenes on both of the shores. I love the stories. I love the oh so very unique views of, of places like the, the Haunted Mansion, Big Thunder Mountain. It's so relaxing. It's so wonderful. You can sit inside, outside. Every sort of area gives you a different view. The cast members are wonderful. It's a real working riverboat, so you can learn a lot about it. Unfortunately, they've shuttered. The the captain's quarters used to be able to walk and, and look inside there. And maybe if you ask nicely or your child asks nicely, they might even get to go and go in the pilot house and pilot the Liberty Square Riverboat and get, I have a Liberty Bell, like, river. 
I have my certificate and it's one of my most prized possessions and I did not get it as a child. I got it as a air quote adult. But child at heart. Obviously. But so many things to say. Just just let it go, man. I'll, yeah. <laughs> now I uh, is that are you done? That's it. Those are my my Good. top three boat <laughs> my top three line lineless boat rides at Walt Disney World. Now I I love the water thing too. I'll throw my favorite in there is the um, the uh, Bay Lake tour of the Wilderness Lodge Fort Wilderness and the Contemporary yes. Resort. Yes, that is an awesome boat ride, and that's. Um, I like uh, you know, I like them all, but that one, I think you you'll rarely hit a line for that. I, I the bit about sometimes there's lines for it, I think does apply to this one pretty good. I I know we um now this is an experience I do remember us sharing the Mangella, the boat ride from Magic Kingdom to the Grand Floridian, um, which is <laughs> wonderfully relaxing and soothing. But there was one time I did have to wait half an hour to get on the boat, so. And the monorail is usually okay unless it's uh, well. Common sense. Don't try and do it wait, when they're wait. Wait. I have a codicil. I have an append. I have appendices and an a codicil. An appendix. I do. I have an append because how could I forget a leisurely boat ride from Port Orleans or Old Key West uh, down the Sasagula to Disney Springs? Where watch what I'm going to yeah. do here. Where you can go. It's an easy, short little walk right over to the boathouse where you can have the meal of your life, hashtag Lou sent me, and then the most underappreciated, overlooked, yet lovely, lovely boat ride. There's no line because you have to book it, and you usually have to book it in advance. Sometimes it's there, but uh, it does, um, it, it is a, uh, it's a, a ticketed event. You have to pay per person. They have the Venezia. It's this 40-foot Italian wooden water taxi. It's, so lovely and ro- like you want the top I'm, I'm going to give away a future show like one of the top romantic things that you can do a cruise on this oh so romantic Italian water taxi they do chocolate covered strawberries and they do champagne they do wine tasting cruises every Saturday so um, yeah it, I, I, it always seems All to come right, back I, to I the boathouse that one I'm I not taking the- you on oh come on that I, one I don't <laughs> want the boathouse I don't want the I don't want the, I just want that one but That's you, the one I want. But, I don't want the Illuminations cruise. I want that one. You know what? Maybe I'll make that happen. Because you know what, too? You don't have to book it in advance. You can just do walk-up reservations. All right. At the boutique. Earth the boutique. Boat. So the boutique. there you go. The Venetia. Boats are awesome. Maybe we'll take. Maybe we'll do that and take a nation member with us on that. Oh. That'll be something special. Like that I'm liking. I wanted to put the monorail on mine, but lately I've been hitting too many lines to get on it. So I... That's all going to change once the the Skyliner opens up. That will be so cool. Although with the monorail, the one the the usual tip, unless everyone's leaving, um, and uh, I, I was actually trying to think of how to sneak this on my list. And this isn't my next one, by the way. I'm cheating grossly here. Is uh, when you're at the when you're at the the transportation ticket center. I always say that wrong. Uh, if you have the choice between. The, the express monorail and the resort monorail, go on the resort monorail because there's usually, mm-hmm. unless you happen to go at the end of the day, there's usually nobody getting on that one. Everyone's getting on the the uh, express one to the Magic Kingdom. Um, 
so if it's the middle of the day, that's usually a no line thing. And the monorail is an honest to goodness best of all of them Disney attraction we've talked about many times. So you definitely want to go on. And uh, not only that, you can go resort hopping. I was trying to figure out how to work that way on the list because you can visit the resorts without a line, but that's a lot to go with me there, so I'll just leave it hanging like that. But um, now, that, all right, my real next one. I think we're g- getting near the end, so I'm just going to smash a bunch of them together. Going to do this. So there were a bunch, like I said, with. Starting with living with a lamb, my mind was going to, or what are the attractions that just generally don't have a line? And I was going to go down that line. So I'm going to rattle off a few because there are quite a few. Um, oddly enough, some of them have fast pass, which you don't ever need for. Um, and oddly enough, a lot of them are in Epcot because right along with living with the land when you're done, go over to the seas with Nemo and friends. There's no one waiting there either. Go over to f- the journey into imagination with Figment. Nobody's waiting there either. Uh was Used to be Universe of Energy. No, I'd be waiting there, but that's not true anymore. Uh, Grand Fiesta Tour, notoriously overlooked. Uh, there's never anybody there, and that's uh, you love it's a small world, or if you don't, uh, go on it anyway. Uh, pretty much any attraction in World Showcase, except for Frozen Ever After. Um, it may, we're talking about the films at this point, Impressions of France, Reflections of China. Uh, most you'll have to wait is the opening of the door to the next show. Okay. Um, and same with uh, Mickey's Magic, which is one of my favorite attractions in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, most of the time, you're just waiting for the next show, so go on in. Uh, again, if it's super crowded, it might be a different story. Um, I so much want to say I know your favorite attraction. You can walk on being Peter Pan's flight, one of your favorite attractions, but... We know that's kind of at the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> sadly enough. So, uh, Swiss Family Treehouse, no one's ever there. It usually looks like it's closed. It's not. Go on in, have some fun. Um, and uh, what some other ones I did. I, I'm going to single this one out because it's kind of unique. And I was going to have test track on my list um, for the reason of the single rider line, which. And I will grant, I, I was waffling on this because this is definitely a hit or miss. Uh, um, it's for those who, for the few people who don't know, at the te- at test track, you have the regular line, you have the fast pass line, and there's a third line. There's a single rider line, which, if you don't mind riding by yourself, because you will be riding by yourself with five of your newest, closest, best friends, you can get in that line. And it's there because they need to put six people in each car. So, you know, it'll turn on or whatever the reason is. But um, I've had situations where the test track's been 90 minutes, 100 minutes, and I've gone in single rider line and walked right on and got on. Now, sometimes I've gotten in where a few people had the same idea I did and you had to wait 20 minutes or so. Or or you're just waiting for a place to open up um, and you have to wait a little bit. So it's a little hit or miss, but a lot of times you'll – get in there and you'll walk on definitely a lot less than if you had to wait in line so that um so i throw that in the mix there too but um and uh spaceship earth kind of the same thing i think that a lot of times you'll find there's no wait if you do find a wait i usually walk around for 10 minutes come back and the wait's magically gone so just go on anyway so um 
and that's uh, those were the big ones I had on the attractions that usually just don't have a line anyway. So <clears throat> yeah, that's a um, that's a pretty yeah. interesting list because I think you mentioned every attraction in Walt Disney World. So other than Flight of Passage, <laughs> that was a pretty pretty complete list. Um, I will quickly touch on a couple that you mentioned as you rattled them off. If you would have just put them alphabetically, it would have made life easier for everybody. Um, oh Listen, king of the 53 honorable I love, mentions. I love, and I, st- I should say I still love Impressions de France. Uh, I love, love, love that musical score um, written and arranged by Buddy Baker. I, I love um, the, the Debussy. St- I just, there's so much I adore about that film beyond some of the, the stunning views that you get of the French Alps and Notre Dame and, and Normandy. Uh, I really think it is one that is overlooked by guests. Uh, it should not be the place that you go when it's hot, when it's raining, or you need a nap. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I think it's just a, a, a even the film showing its age sort of in, in terms of, of visual quality. I think the uh, I love I have the score um, on my phone uh, and and I play it. Oh, that's my, my favorite on the CD. Well, they still sell the CD of the music of. Yeah, Tim's got the eight track. Um, yeah, no, but that's, I that's, also that's, had. <laughs> I'm not interrupting you. I'm sorry. Oh, I also had the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, and I I that was not a um, an honorable mention. It was relatively high on my lip list all right uh despite the fact that it almost feels like exercise because it's like 116 118 somewhere or though um stairs near you you got to work man you got to work for that attraction but the payoff when you get to the highest level and you get a very unique view of magic kingdom i think is worth the walk as well as some of the other um, details and story. And if you've never seen Swiss Family Robinson, um, you should. It's it's an older film, but I think maybe make you appreciate that story more. Um, I saw I Lost did... in Space. Does that count? You seen what? Lost in Space. Does that count? Lost in Space, like the yeah. Danger Will Robinson, my young yeah, boy. Robinson, like that one? get it? Oh, now you get it. God. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, it, never mind. I just, just did two really bad impressions in there, by the way. But I love no, Doctor. I love Doctor Smith. You did two wonderful impressions. I love uh, oh, Will you, Robinson. Anyway, most people have. They're thinking the Joey Tribbiani version of Lost in Space. French accent for impressions. Of, Thank uh, you. No, was, you don't want to hear that. Um, all right, so I, I will just quickly throw a couple in there. So one that was on my list, and, and one that I want to spend just a second on, and just. Save your um, your your audible size when I say this. As you give me a minute to explain, another thing in Walt Disney World that you don't have to wait in a or slash long line for would be a Dole Whip, Satuli Canteen, Hi. Pinocchio Village House, and the reason why I say this is for two words, my friend: mm. game changing. Game-changing words for the local or first-time or hundredth-time visitor, and those two words are mobile ordering. Because now with mobile ordering, you take your little handy-dandy, Tim, you take your Motorola StarTech out, and you flip it open, and you go to the app. I have to put the antenna up first. 
Right. Hold on. Pull out the antenna. Right, get your little Zach Morris phone out of your backpack. <laughs> and obviously, again, to use mobile ordering, just so you know, you can go to the app. You click on the order food button. You see all the restaurants that offer the service. You go through the menu, pick your item, customize your order, prepay right from there. Then when you get to the restaurant, you just tip the I'm here, prepare my order, kitchen's notified, it's made fresh, bang, you go to your mobile order pickup area in the restaurant. It's game-changing. It is absolutely game-changing. And I know I have friends that have uh, Apple Watches. As they walk by, they will get notification, hey, did you know that Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe offers mobile mobile ordering? It is a line-changer, game-changer time saver there's now about i think 17 or so restaurants in all four parks and and, uh deluxe burger i believe in disney springs also offers that as well the lines you know for dining which oftentimes can potentially take a lot of time away from other things you can do are obviated they're gone because because of that app you know so and i think those 15 or, or 17, whatever the number is, restaurants, is going to continue to expand. So I say, not half-jokingly, it, serious as my love of Boathouse, mobile ordering is absolutely one of the things that will that you can and, and maybe should try, if you've never done it before, in terms of saving time and having a, a better experience at the parks. What do you think of that? Beautiful. I thought the two words were game-changing. Like no. literally those were the two those, words. The two words are mobile ordering. It's the Satuli, two words are mobile ordering. Right. Right. Satuli Canteen. Um, uh-huh. Oh, I love me some Satuli Canteen. Flame Tree not Barbecue, a, not, which I'm going to pretend is actually two. Like well, mesh Flame Tree together. Backlot mm-hmm. Express, ABC Commissary. All right. So a couple of the other ones that... <laughs> What? Listen, you had you mentioned thirty attractions. I, mean, I, I have one I forgot about, but I won't. I hope it's bother. this one, so we can talk about it because I have All this right. one very high on my list. Tom Sawyer Island. No. Well, then, then I'm going to explain to you why. Because the but only I... waiting you're probably going to do is the couple of minutes for those oh so adorable and quaint rafts to go back and forth from the island. I love Tom Sawyer Island. Aunt Polly, may you rest in peace. Oh, how I miss your old, so wonderful little uh, place by the water to get food. You can still sit there. I like to work there sometimes. But um, that dining location with the porches was so nice. But Tom Sawyer Island is still that simple pleasure. It's quiet and it's calm and it's shady. And you can... The, the, the freedom of being able to explore that island however, whichever way you want to, whether your kids are, are running and playing hide-and-seek or they're running over to the fort, again, which offers some great views and some neat little experiences in there. Um, I, I love the, the, the ability to create your own sort of adventure there on Tom Sawyer Island, it's usually not very crowded. You can go into the fort and there's places to sit. If you have kids that want to go run around, they can. Um, but I love all the little secret passageways and benches and little shady spots and wonderful views. Tom Sawyer Island, super high on my list of things you don't have to wait in a line for at Walt Disney World. Fantastic. I'm still scared of the 
Uh, I'll take you there. The cave. Too. The cave. All right. The honorable mentions, and I will. I will. I will not do that to these quickly. Wait. I, can I do my one honorable Please. mention first before you do your twenty? The one. Uh, the entirety of World Showcase. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Except during any of the festivals when the lines could be yeah, a little. Well, what what I'm uh, referring to the non. We we talked about the attractions in World Showcase, but there, as we talked about so many times, there's so much to see in World Showcase that aren't attractions. The the gardens in Japan, the courtyard in Italy, the uh, uh, you know the the alleyways in Morocco, all these places. They, they're wonderful to explore. You'll, the waterfalls in Canada. What? Uh, yes, please talk to me. The Lotus Pond or Lily Pond in, in China. There's just so many places to see, relax, and take a break. And there's like the like the Maharaja Jungle Trek we mentioned before. These aren't attractions. Well, they aren't attractions. There's no lines to get there. Go enjoy them. And that pretty much applies to every pavilion in World Showcase. Um, explore to your heart's content. You don't have to wait. And the best part, a lot of people are off doing the big attractions. So frequently you'll find there's really nobody back there with you anyway. So it's nice you're kind of off by yourself or with just a few other people. It's nice and quiet. But then there are some attractions that belong on that list. Oh, Canada? Well, yeah, like well, we talked about those already. Martin Short. I, but I, I know you didn't. But I think in terms of like the ones that, are, that I think are – because Oh, Canada is – so far tucked away off the yeah. the front facing of the promenade. I think a lot of people don't make it back. Like, like Reflections of China. So those, you you know that they're there. Like Martin Short, I'd love that guy. It snows 365 days a year, I must say. Like I love, even though you can't sit, it, there's lean rails. Your impressions are off the charts. Like, I almost did okay. my uh, I almost did my nine eye impression from Timekeeper talking about the lean rails, but I was in a Martin Short, Oh Canada, how I love your poutine kind of mood. Um last all right, I'll give you one last um honorable mention, <laughs> which I'm mad that I didn't rank higher because yeah. I am a uh a nostalgic, I'm a romantic I'm a sentimentalist, and I still love the beauty, the simplicity, the history, the story, the connection that the Walt Disney World Railroad affords you. Mm -hmm. It's a 20 or so minute ride. I love everything about it, especially the Main Street USA train station with the history and the stories of each of the, the four different engines um, there's not usually a line. Sometimes there is in, I almost called it Toontown again, um, in Storybook Circus. But I think it's, again, as much of an attraction as it is a conveyance. And just for fun, I'm going to say um, Country Bear Jamboree, too. <laughs> now. I love that. What I do want to say. Can I? Yes. Go ahead. Wait, you had more to add there? No, please go ahead. No, do you have that? Wasn't your honorable mention? List no, but I, was, but there is something that I do want to. I want to sort of tie this up in a bow. All right, before you tie it neatly up in a bow, I, can I rescind one off my list? I this I'll is a, a I think this is a a, a top a first. A first in top ten history. Go ahead. I'm taking. It reminded me because of your Martin Short impression, which I I, I would be honest with you, sent shivers up I'm my say. up now. I, I must say, um, I want to take. I mentioned Spaceship Earth earlier. Yes. Uh, I'm going to take that off of the list. Wow. 
because the last time, a couple times I went on it, uh, people who remembered the last show, which actually was a while ago, I realized, but uh, you, Lou Mangiello, have ruined. <laughs> ruined. Spaceship. You loved my Jerry Lewis impression. We, we probably, you, not, I'm not even taking responsibility for this. You probably ruined it for every one of your listeners. So the advice of go on there, no one's there, forget it. Because I... I'm sure everybody, five cars in front of me, five cars in back of me, I'm sorry, time travel, time travel machines, were wondering why this guy's <laughs> laughing his head off in the computer room when all they could think of is, hey, why are they? I've gotten voicemails. I've seen people in the park. I just spoke at a conference last week, and a guy came up to me, and he's like, Lou Mangello, I'm like, yes. He goes, hey, lady. So... And I, I've told everybody I know, and I'm, I'm ruining Spaceship Earth for everybody. And I can't – like it used to be I would go in there. I'm fascinated with the lady – the lady on the right side because I'm in love with her. But now I'm just looking at the guy, and it's just, you just reverberating. face. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I'm, yeah, it's gone. It's the ma- the magic – is or maybe I could look at it another way. You added an extra layer of magic. You've added a layer to the onion that is Spaceship Earth. Well, I'm Tim, trying. look, we are, you know, a, a part of the the impetus and, and um, motivation and inspiration for this list was about time, right? And and while I do believe that now is the time, now is the best time. <laughs> I am yeah. still a firm believer that there is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. And tomorrow is just a dream away. And I say that because as efficient as things are now, I believe that continuing change is coming to our experiences as guests so that this conversation We'll have a different feel and meaning in a few years. And what I mean by that is Disney is not only trying to enhance but make our experiences in the parks more efficient and more pleasurable. And I don't know if you remember a few years ago, they tested something for just a couple of weeks uh, over at Rock and Roller Coaster. This is maybe four or five years ago when you came to the courtyard area. They gave you tickets with instructions for, for as a standby guest with instructions to get in line when your number, your call, I think it was like your color and your number were called or posted. And instead of making people queue up in between stanchions, <clears throat> there was a DJ there and they were playing games and there was benches and seating areas. Mm. And the, 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 idea and obviously we've seen this executed over at Dumbo was to make it to make waiting experiential it was not about I gotta wait in this long line it's you're doing something else while you are waiting that's what Dumbo has done in the circus tent you don't need to queue there anymore you have this interactive tent and the the sort of restaurant style pagers Um, I think what we've obviously seen happen is, you know, it was called Next Gen and then it was you know, Magic Plus. You know, my Disney experience has done so much to not only reduce a lot of it, it has increased 
guest satisfaction and guest satisfiers so very much, but I think so far. And what I mean by that is, and part of the reason why I wanted to sort of talk about this is I think about where we are now versus the future because I think there's a lot more to come. I think the rock and roller, the Dumbo test, some of the things that we are starting to see um, experimented with elsewhere means that there's a lot more to come. And this is something that's, this plane has been in flight for a long time. Like this goes back to, you know, when Bob Iger and Steve Jobs were first meeting about, uh, you know, not just Pixar, but, you know, future technologies and what we are seeing now with the the magic band is, I think, you know, still very much uh, first generation. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, like Dumbo, our our queuing experience is going to be more less. I think magic bands are going to transition to um, to additional technologies. We're already seeing how vital your cell phone is to your experience, not just with mobile ordering, but with a lot of other things you can do with it. We talked on the 2018 preview and prediction show that I believe that there is going to be more enhanced applications so that the time that you do spend waiting is going to be story driven. It's going to be interactive as opposed to uh, passive, you know, but now when you set your, your fast pass time ahead of time and you, you make your, your uh, fast passes on your app, you're not necessarily going to have to go to that attraction anymore and wait the way that you did. I think that this, this idea of the standby area, again, again, separate from fast is, you're going to use your phone, your your magic band, your your watch um, to sort of swipe in that you are there. And then you're going to sort of have that time to do what you want until you check in. If you don't have a phone, I'll give you a pager or whatever. But I think in the future, in time, there may not be the same type and length and number of cues other than the ones that we have like a Dumbo, like the one that you wait in after you check in, you are not going to be queuing in that single line for minutes or hours on end. Like imagine taking out the entire standby line area over at Peter Pan, right? So we talked about an attraction, super popular all the time, long queue. Imagine that queue is gone and instead there's an area that has interactive activities, places to sit, and then when you're when it's your time and you get notified on your mobile device or your phone, um, you don't even have to be standing there, right? You can go get something to eat. You can go to the restroom. You can go do something else. You know when to come back and then queue up just to get on the attraction. Um, I think that is potentially where the queues and the queue technology is going. I think it's going to be this this combination of interactive experiences that you're going to be both low tech and high tech. And when I say high tech, I mean on your phone, um, which are going to make potentially the queues and the time that you wait in between attractions and attractors themselves, right? So you're going to have, what I mean by that is you're going to have 
attraction-like experiences that are not going to be confined to the four walls of a physical building. They will exist uh, where you are on your devices. Um, This is something that I think has been in the pipeline for a a long time. I remember Tom Staggs talked somewhat cryptically about seamless and personalized experiences to get more out of the visit. And I think that's what technology is going to happen. I think one of the ways they're going to do that is by eliminating one of the biggest pain points and frustration points at Disney, which are lines. I mean, I think I'm sure lines are probably the number one complaint has in terms of how long they have to wait. So um, it's, it's no mistake that Disney invested a billion dollars, right? Remember like when you were talking about the billion dollar investment in uh, I don't remember what they called it back then. It was the next gen or, or um, magic plus, <coughs> excuse me, which is now my Disney experience. I, I think again, we are just sort of teetering at the very beginning of that. And I think, you know, these long lines and these lines and cues are about to change um, and probably about to change quicker than, uh, than we think. So this list, who knows Timmy Foster might have a, uh, Uh, much more of a historic and nostalgic look if people go back and listen to this years from now. But one thing... They're posted pretty quick. One thing that I would wait in line for is certainly a Timmy Foster meet and greet and certainly to get my hands on the next copy of Celebrations Magazine. Oh, well, that's very sweet of you. That's oh, it. I guess I should. Okay. <laughs> I was giving. I was leaving you right up there to plug. Well, forget it. Then, if you're not going to plug yourself, I'm going to tell you that <laughs> oh, it's plug time. Guess what, people? We have the newest. Oh no. God! Uh... <laughs> Why did you sound like like? Well, never mind. <laughs> P.T. Barnum when I... you were doing that. Step right up. Get your celebrations <laughs> magazine here. Hey, maybe that's an approach I should take. Yeah, um... that'll work out well for you, I'm sure. I know there's something on the cover. No, actually, you know what I was doing today, Lou Mangiello? Please don't don't share it. Wow. Stick stick to the magazine. I was putting the finishing touches on our next issue, which is coming out in a few weeks. But um, it's cold. Is it still cold down there? It's freezing in Florida. It was like 72 today. 72. Now, there are people who, who don't. No, I'm in Philadelphia. He's in Florida. That's why I said that. So it's uh, it warmed up a little here, but it's still cold. It's still winter. But this next issue on the cover is the Flower and Garden Festival. I couldn't wait for spring. So it's going in the next issue. This actually is going to be the March, April issue. So it'll time out just perfectly. My favorite of all the festivals, Uh, by the way. There you go. Because there's now there's food, right? Yeah. And yeah. And (laughs) hi, have we met? (laughs) Uh, let's see we're also doing uh, we have things on spaceship earth and architecture in the magic kingdom and posters in the magic kingdom and and lou mangello i think you would appreciate this the penny arcade once of mainstream be still my little sentimental weeping heart and uh, living with the land was the number one on my list because that's our feature attraction in the next issue. So it was kind of on the top of my mind, which is why I mentioned it. So, um, but uh, we had that coming. We still have our Christmas books and our dark books. Um, I will 
I'll say this out there. I don't know what I'm going to do about this, Lou, but I realized as I was putting this issue together, I'm getting Paris, Paris very close. I didn't know what the word was. To 10 years of Celebrations Magazine. I still remember meeting you in the lobby of the Sheridan talking about – I remember coming up with the name together. Yeah. And then eating. And then eating, yes. (laughs) I still remember when you had your first iPhone and were walking around like a little child. Yeah, That's a whole story. But uh, no, this is issue 58 I'm working on. Issue 60 will be our 10-year issue. Holy moly. Um. And as I, I was, I was mulling this over. I'm, I'll certainly probably be down there in the spring at some point. But I'm definitely coming in October because I booked my trip already. And I realized that's actually going to be when our 10 year anniversary is. So maybe do something. We cool. have to do something together down there. So details to come, folks, because I just literally thought of that. So, um, but yes, yeah, so that's very exciting. It's kind of making me feel old. But, hey, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, that's coming up. There, I've got some new book ideas coming up yet, which uh, I'm not sure what they are, but they're coming soon. <laughs> uh, the Guide to the Magic for Kids is still there. With a little, I, I made a little uh, companion book to go along with it with uh, all the new Pandora attractions and Frozen Ever After and, and all the new stuff that's come to uh, Walt Disney World since uh, our last publication. So that. All, so if everyone's curious, it's totally up to date with all the new stuff. So you have all new stickers and all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, just lots of magic. So come on over to celebrationspress.com. Check it out. And uh, maybe you'll find something you like. Maybe. So. Well, I want to know, <coughs> excuse me, from the listeners, you, I want to know what's the number one thing on your list? What's your favorite thing in Walt Disney World? that you don't want to or have to or need to stand in line for. And now that you know that food is as much of an attraction as anything else, anything is on the table. Do me a favor. Go to the WW Radio Facebook page, or better yet, go to our group. Go to www.radio.com slash box people. That'll take you to our box people Facebook group, which... I like more than the page because I really think it's a great place to sort of it's sort of our, our online clubhouse where we can get together, be part of conversations, start your own conversations. And it's a great place to make and meet friends. Let me know there what your best tip or your favorite place in Walt Disney World to go with and without having to wait online. Timmy Foster, I would always wait in line to see and eat and hang out with you. We have so many more Top 10's coming, and I look forward, and I yes. promise you, we will do the uh, our little Illuminations cruise together. We will do yes. whatever else I promised together, um, and many more Top 10's as well. I can't wait. That's it, that's all Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear, maybe even what you eat or ate. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. 
Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I brought you to Tomorrowland, but retro Tomorrowland, because I talked about Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter, a very unique attraction at the time when it debuted. And as much as I loved, loved Tim Curry as the voice of Sir, your simulated intelligence robotics, he was not the first to voice that character. And that was your trivia question last week was to tell me after the attraction closed for its initial refurbishment, not long after it opened in Walt Disney World, who did Tim Curry replace as the voice of Sir? Thanks to all of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that it was the late Saturday Night Live star, Phil Hartman. You might know him from Saturday Night Live. You might know him as the voice of Troy McClure from The Simpsons. And when the attraction first opened in December 1994, Phil Hartman was the voice not of Sir, but he was called Tom 2000, the technobotic oratorical mechanism series 2000. And when the attraction closed just weeks later in mid-January 1995, Phil Hartman was replaced by Tim Curry. The character was renamed Sir Simulated Intelligence Robotics in that second pre-show area. Now, Tom, Phil, was a little bit different than Sir, Tim, as he was a little bit more awkward and bumbling as opposed to just being a little bit more indifferent about the malfunctioning equipment. Hello. Come on in. Gosh, I've never seen so many humanoids in one place. Hey, didn't we meet on the 12th moon of Farth Megalax 7? Or was it the 7th moon of Megafarth 12? You know what they say. The memory chips are the first to go. <laughs> to begin demonstration, activate green button. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the great big universe of XS. I'm the XS2000 Technobotic Presentation Unit, programmed to show you how to seize the future. Now you're probably asking, what could the galaxy's leader in sophisticated consumer technology possibly do for me? Well, how would you like to travel anywhere, anytime, at the touch of a button? Science fiction? Science fact. Excess Tech is here on Earth to offer you, for a modest fee, the ultimate mode of transportation. Teleportation. This is the fully operational XS Series 1000, the first in a complete line of personal and commercial teleportation systems capable of sending solid matter and biological life from one place to another instantly. See for yourself the wonders of XS teleportation. Skippy still got fried with the company's <clears throat> practically painless teleportation system, and as you know, the rest is history, and so was the attraction. But anyway, I took all of the correct entries, and again, thanks to the more than a 1,000 of you that entered, got this one correct. Some of you shared memories of not just your experience or your first somewhat scary experience with extraterrestrial alien encounter, but your memories of some of both of the voiceover artists. And so last week's winner, who's playing for the 102 A's book, all seven of the audio tours, the Magic Band cover, the stickers, the pop socket, and a mystery prize is Veronica Schumann. So Veronica, you use the online form. I have your shipping address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge.
So this week is Valentine's Day, and as you know, it's celebrated every day in Walt Disney World and an attraction. But that's not your question. You thought I was going to ask you where. It's too easy. You know it's Carousel of Progress. But what you might not have known is that Valentine's Day being celebrated was not part of the original attraction. That was added along with 4th of July and Halloween during to the storyline during the refurb back in 1983 as they sort of brought holidays into the entire show. But in the first segment, you know that Father is talking about the Robins getting ready to celebrate Valentine's Day and that it's right around the turn of the century. And believe him, things couldn't be any easier than they were back then. Buildings are towering as high as 20 stories. Moving pictures flicker up on a big screen. There's almost 8,000 automobiles in this country. And they can travel by train from New York to California in less than how many days? Tell me, how many days or less than how many days does it take them in the Valentine's Day scene in Carousel of Progress to travel from New York to California? You have until Sunday, February 18th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online form there, and again, you're going to play for the prize package of the book, all seven audio tours, the Magic Band cover, the stickers, the pop socket, and you know what? I'm going to throw in another mystery prize once again. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I know and understand and appreciate how valuable your time is and the fact that you spend and share some of it with me means so very much. I also want to thank some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation family who joined this month, including Mindy Grawlick, Kevin Helsinki, Gray Hauser, Sean Croft, and Trip D- Jacobs, who have joined the hundreds of you who are part of our WW Radio Nation family. If you want to find out more, learn how you can not only help support the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts in the, for the parks and cruise line, access to our private Facebook group, personalized Magic Band covers. We have logo gear, backpacks, T-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, and an exclusive live video group call every month. Go to www.radio.com support to find out more. And again, don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your monthly contributions do go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And now, even though this episode is over, I want to continue the conversation, not just about this show, but anything that you want to chat about. And the best place to do that is the WW Radio Box People group on Facebook. Years ago, if you don't know, I was walking around with my laptop live broadcasting and somebody said, who are you talking to? I'm like, oh, there's all these people in the box. You, the community, formed the Box People group. You named yourself. You created a logo. And that really is where our community lives and exists. It's on Facebook. The easiest way to get there is go to www.radio.com slash boxpeople. It'll take you right there. Anyone and everyone is welcome. And not just to comment on this show, but to start your own conversations, make new friends as well. That is exactly the intent of the uh, show and, of course, for the group. You can also connect with me. Uh, other locations on social, including Facebook, I am at Lou Mangello on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. 
And again, this show and this community is for you and by you, and I want you to be as much of a part of it as you would like. So if you have a question you want me to answer on the air, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. You want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1 with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks. I often invite members of the WW Radio Nation to come on the show, be part of the show with me, whether online or in person. And speaking of in person, as much as I love connecting with you and chatting with you and keeping the conversation going online, I still truly believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do monthly meetups every month in Walt Disney World, as well as special events, group cruises like our cruise to Alaska this summer, and other events and meetups around the country as I travel, for example, to speak. For example, this month at the end of February, I'll be doing a meetup in San Diego for Social Media Marketing World. I'll have details about that coming soon. That's probably going to be on March 1st again in San Diego. But our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World is going to be Saturday, February 24th. That is over Princess Marathon weekend, and there is no better way to celebrate your day, your tiara, sweaty hugs, personal accomplishments, or the fact that you choose not to run with a meal fit for a princess. So obviously it has to involve food, and that is why we're going to meet at the Daily Poutine in Disney Springs, Saturday, February February 24th. I get excited. I can't even talk. Saturday, February 24th from 2 o'clock to 3.30 p.m. So if you're running the 10K that morning, you have plenty of time to go back, shower, get there, and carb load for the half marathon the next day. Again, you don't need part be, to be part of the running team. You don't have to even care that the Princess Marathon weekend is going on. You can come alone, bring a friend, bring the entire family. It is open to and free for everybody. If you go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio, click on the events tab. You'll find out more about the meet. You can RSVP there as well as find out about other events that we have coming up, not just in Walt Disney World, but on the road. Speaking of which, I just did the closing keynote uh, yesterday, last night, uh, over at PodFest 2018 right here in Orlando. I spoke specifically. My entire keynote was about you and this community that you have created. It is a remarkable thing that I am incredibly humbled and proud just to be a part of. Uh, I explained to people that I'm just a facilitator, right? I built the clubhouse. You guys are the ones that populated and you have created something that is very, very special. So thank you for that. And thank you for the opportunity to go and spread the word about what you guys have built there. And speaking of speaking, if I can help you by speaking to your event, your conference, or your school, or your child's school, visit loumangelo.com, and there you can also find out if maybe there's a way, look, I want to help you turn what you love into what you do, so if I can get on a call with you and and help you turn your passion into your profession, I'd love to be able to do that. Again, you can find out more over at loumangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and her incredible team over at mousefantravel.com. Whether you're going to anywhere in the Disney world or the planet Earth world, they can help you out. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com and subscribe to Celebrations Magazine by visiting celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend. I have said it since show number one. I believe it now more than ever. All I ask is that if you like the show, whether it's this episode or the show in general, please help spread the word. That's how the community grows. It's how you have built this amazing family that we have over the past 13 years. So tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode in Facebook, on your profile, to your favorite group, or on your favorite page. 
And if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you. We have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. It's a great way to help spread the word. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Runner for Life, who says this is the best podcast. Words don't do it justice when describing just how awesome WW Radio is. Lewis created an incredibly special community centered around this amazing podcast. I digress. You created the community. I've only been to Walt Disney World twice, and I've never met Lou. We need to fix that. But I can honestly say that by listening to the show and watching the Facebook Live broadcasts, I feel like Walt Disney World is my home. And Lou, his family, and recurring guests are part of my family. Lou has great charisma. Thank you. And a wonderful gift for effectively and enthusiastically spreading the Disney magic. I'm so thankful he shares his joy with the world. Wonderful life. Thank you. That means more than you know. Uh, Ausail, wait, Ausail, A-U-S-A-L-Y-B. I don't know how to pronounce it. Ausalib, Ausalib says, Lou is a gem. I'm so sorry I butchered your name. This show is entertaining, informative, and inspirational. I always learn something new, laugh, and occasionally tear up as I delightfully listen to Lou and his guests talk about a place that is so dear to our hearts. When Lou says, and you are my friends, whether we've met yet or not, he's sincerely 100% believable. Thank you, because it's true. And Grat Wicket Matt says, this is the best Disney podcast. I've listened to a couple of other Disney podcasts, and WW Radio sticks out as the best. Lou is ultra-positive person. He's It's infectious, and listening always puts me in a much better mood. Keep up the great work. You have a listener for life. Grat Wicket Ossail B and Runner for Life. Thank you all so much. You don't know how much your words mean to me. You are the reason why I do what I do and I love and I'm am am grateful for and know that I am blessed with being able to do that. And I hope that this show has a positive impact on you, not just maybe connecting you to a place that you love so much and talking about the things that simply make us happy about going there but I hope it does fill you with a sense of positivity. And I hope you follow through with those positive thoughts, with positive actions. And if there's something maybe that you've been thinking about that you want to do, a positive step that you want to take, a positive difference that you want to make in somebody else's life, I hope you follow it up. I hope you follow the words with the actions because it's not enough to just think about it. You need to act in order to make things happen and in order to make a difference in your life and the lives of others the way that you have done for me and I am forever <clears throat> I am forever grateful to you for that and if there's any way that I can ever help you please let me know I hope that this is your best week ever I hope to see you live on Wednesday nights or live at the Daily Poutine later this month so until next time see ya hey Lou just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to be able to put up uh, that guest uh, blog that I put about being a Disney fan from overseas uh, living here in Israel, far away, um, you know, being able to listen to your uh, podcast uh, every week definitely uh, um, helps, uh, you know, give me that uh, that Disney, uh, that feeling, whether it's nostalgic or to hear what's going on, you know, even though I can't be there right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. It really uh, definitely brightens up the week. Um, so I wanted to thank you for the opportunity and thank you for doing what you do. Like everyone says, I really appreciate it and, um, hope to get there sooner than later. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, thanks again and, uh, and have a great day. Dude, this is Dave Levin Sr. How you doing? 
Hey, I just finished listening to number 506. You were talking about 2018 and what you'd like to see. You were talking about Marvel, okay? And the thing with Marvel, in my mind, is that they're going to need 500 acres just to do Marvel. Because, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, I, who ever even heard of those, those, those characters 10 years ago? Marvel has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of characters that they have in their comic book universe, okay? And who knows? People go through there trying to see out what's popular, what's not popular, what's going to really be hot, what's going to be big, what could make a movie. Not only what could make a movie, but what could make two or three or four or five, six sequels. So I think Marvel is something that really is, is going to be happening down there in, uh, in Walt Disney World. Anyway, dude, it's always good talking to you. I love you, man. Bye-bye. How's it going, Lou, Lou Mangello? It's Brian Rainey again from Kansas City. Just want to let you know I'm on my last day here. I've been here five days, June, July, I'm sorry, January 18th. And the only bad thing is we woke up to 31 degrees today, but yeah, that's okay. Still at Disney World, but had a good time. Uh, had a good meal at Maria and Enzo's at the, the new place at Disney Springs. Um, had some really good cookies from Sprinkles. I think their cookies are probably better than their cupcakes. And, just, you know, had a good time. For the most part, the weather was good. And I'd like to just say I'd like to thank the Phoenicians for the ABCs. You know, they invented them, you know. But anyway, just want to let you know where I am. I'm at the All-Star Sports Resort. About to go to the airport. And I'm going to end this with another service, public service announcement. And bear with me. I hope I don't mess this up because I'm going to do this from memory. But here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Transportation System. We're on our way to the Magic Kingdom. For your safety and the safety of others, please remain seated while the motor coach is in motion. If you're standing, we encourage you to use the handrails above or to the side and remain clear of the doors and stairwells. We'd also like to ask that you refrain from eating, drinking, and smoking while on board the motor coach. And now we invite you to relax and enjoy the ride. Thank you. Hey, Lou. Hi, Radio Box people. It's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, PA. It's rainy, rainy, rainy here. It's a swampy backyard day. I'm listening to the two-part two series. Um, I'm sorry, the two-part podcast, I could get my words out, 329 and 330 that you did with Jim Corcus on the Great Movie Ride. And little did you know back in the summer of 2013 that it would close this year. I did get my kids on it. I made a point to do that. It was their first and only time on the ride. And um, unfortunately, it's gone. But I understand. I'm very excited to see what is to come in that building. Um, but you did say that you wanted us to call in with um, gangster movies we would have liked to see represented. Um, for me, it would, just like you said, it would have been The Godfather and Goodfellas. Um, those were two classics that uh, I loved watching growing up. As far as musical, West Side Story I loved, which is a classic, but there's, um, there's three, two in particular that I loved growing up and would play them and I'd watch them over and over again. South Pacific, awesome, awesome music, and Flower Drum Song. I don't know if that's one that anybody knows about, but boy, it's a good story, great music, 
and it talks about the Chinese culture. Um, and then there's Oklahoma, which is a classic American musical um, with also some wonderful music. And um, so that's that. Um, I also wanted to comment on Radio Disney um, Live last Wednesday with you and Becky talking about Alaska. Oh, my God, you guys crack me up. You're so funny watching you interact together. It's definitely like brother and sister. Um, I think you should have her on the show more often. I'm sitting here in my house. I had to watch it on the replay, unfortunately, but I'm sitting there cracking up. I love watching you guys interact. You, you're hilarious. Anyway, um, have a great week, and um, I'll see you guys in the box on Wednesday. And everybody, if you don't have to, get out your rain gear and your galoshes because, boy, it's swampy out there. But it's warm. Yay. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Hello, Mr. Lou Montello, WDW Radio Group, WDW Fox People, WDW Radio Running Team, and WDW Radio Cruisers. And speaking of cruisers, this is Darlene Yegi from West Seneca, New York, who loves to cruise, especially on the Disney Cruise Line, with the best, most awesome group in the world, the WDW Radio Group, run by Lou Mangello and Becky Minkin. This is going to be an awesome adventure for all of you, especially with two of my dearest friends getting married right on the cruise. Because, yes, I'm excited for you. I wish I was going to be there. Uh, you guys got 200, or 140 days, 140 days until that adventure begins. It's going to be so much fun. I know some of you will be going up to Vancouver earlier, and that's great because you do want time to get out there early and enjoy the city. It is absolutely gorgeous, and you can see the ship pull into the port right from the hotel if you're staying in the same one we did. Not sure where you guys are staying, but keep your eyes open. And I have 112 days until I'm back in the world for my birthday. Uh, and 243 days until we vacation with the Sternbergers again. I'm so excited. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. And love, hugs, and pixie dust. And prayers for all that need it. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Okay, if my aunt asks, we're at school all day. Got it. We jumped out a window. No, but the quiet. Shh. Shh. We jumped out a window. You can't say things like that around that gas.